All right, we're live again. We're back. We're live. Judd's Buds episode whoop, 68. There it is. Uh, as always, your host, Spokesy, joined by my good buddy, Mr. At State of Hoppy Hoppy. How we doing? We're doing all right. We've we've had a day. We'll say that. But I got to ask you first, because last I talked to you yesterday, you had a fucking 10 p.m. Softball game. No beers allowed. How are we doing? Yep, co-ed softball league on Wednesdays. Uh, most of the games are at 10 p.m. in Southie. Um, shocking. I went yard, keep the change, uh, hit it into the ocean. Uh, yeah, you're technically not supposed to bring beers because I guess there's like cops. And whatever. Who cares? Uh, so we do the drinking before, after, and I mean, you can sneak stuff in there, but yeah, no, it was good. Came out on top. So, um, but most importantly, I fucking went yard. Uh, so that was sick. And best part is though, if you hit a home run, you don't have to round the bases. You just have to go get the ball. So someone else had already got it by the time I had turned around. So I didn't have to do any running, which that's a big deal for me. So if I don't have to move at a faster walking pace, I will not do that. So yeah, no, thanks for asking. But yeah, third home run of the year, not a big deal. Um, 400 feet, obviously. Big regulation-sized field. Uh, yeah, no, it's sick. But uh, yeah, that's about it, dude. We went off one innings. We had like 17 runs. Almost mercyed them. Should have. No, no mercy. No mercy, though. Are you guys playing in like the C League or... Who are you playing against? That'd be really funny if there was co-ed, like, different divisions. Like, uh, <laughs> fucking. <laughs> no, it's just this, like, Boston. They have, like, every type of sport. This, like, this league. There's, like, softball. There's kickball. There's soccer. Basketball. It's crazy. Uh, sorry. Kick- I'll give other friends my game for sure. Yeah, but you got to run, though. There's a lot of running involved. Yeah, you in the base and shit. No, there's not. Please explain the difference. I told you, you barely have to run the bases. And you're just sitting still, pretty much, because if anyone gets a hit, goes to the outfield. I'm not in the outfield, so I just got to hang out. So, hmm. pretty great for me. Kickball, you're, you have to run no matter what, because there's no home runs, unless it's in, inside the park home run, because there's no fence. Right. So, there you go. That's my explanation. So basically because you can't go yard, which means like one time a game you get to avoid running. I don't know, dude. There's just more running. There's more running. I'm convinced. So that's final answer. All right. We'll go with that. That's the bottom line. Fuck running. That's the running sucks. I can get on board with that. I'm, I'm not a fan of that anymore either. Dude. Is it? I mean, more importantly, is it as fucking hot in Minnesota as it is in Boston today? Because I went outside once today and I turned around immediately. I was going to go walk to the store and I was like, nope. It was like 92. I I mean, I did the same, but that's because I just hate any warm temperature. Right now it's 76. I think the highest it got was probably mid 80s. It's still too hot. I need it cool. Like, Like not even hot at all, like you said. No, uh, 50 big, to 60 is my sweet spot. 
Oh, oh yeah, that's the best. That's the good stuff. I'm gonna put this fucking AC in because I'm gonna die if I don't. It's literally just on the floor behind me. There you um, go. Put it in. That, well, the rundown for what we're gonna cover here, which I'm sure we won't deviate from this path whatsoever. Never but, do. Uh, Got to talk about uh, a new coach for our Iowa Wild. Gonna get into the Memorial Cup. Why are you not setting up your AC right now? <laughs> I'm buying you time. Um. Some of the news around the league with uh, different GM and coach musical chair operations and uh, a little bit of preview and predictions for the Stanley Cup finals. So let's get into it right away here. Brett McLean, head coach of the Iowa Wild. And first, were you surprised at all by the firing of Tim Army or was that very expected? Uh, I mean, I don't know, because like. Realistically, they've made the playoffs twice, ever. Uh, and I mean, like, the <laughs> they've had the talent to go there, too. And I don't know. It's just, like, I wasn't, like, really that surprised because it did feel like they definitely, like, underachieved, especially the last few years. I mean, it's, it's weird because a lot of guys who do go from Iowa back or and make it to Minnesota, he does a good job of, like, assisting with like, developing guys like, mason shaw you know what i mean like those types of guys but the high-end guy like i don't know like boldy was there for half like not even half a year so like that right. does that even count really um so i mean i wasn't shocked i was it was more just like a oh all right like interesting let's see like what type of coach they bring in and you know maybe that'll make a difference we'll see if like the roster looks any different if they try to go younger because you do have like a minimum number of like vets you have to have on the team in the ahl which is why there's like fewer and fewer or not fewer and fewer, but just not as many of the younger, like 21 year old prospects as um, there probably should be. Uh, Cause they're some of the best prospects in the system, obviously. But um, I was more interested just to see like what they would bring in. And obviously they bring in Brett McLean, who like literally might, might be the same exact thing because he's already been there. And then he went to Minnesota to be an assistant coach. And now he's back as a head coach in, um, in Iowa. So It'll be interesting. I mean, he's going to be familiar with like most of the team already anyways. So I don't think it's going to be a huge adjustment. I'll be just curious to see like what stylistic changes there are. Um, you know, maybe not putting a uh, thought of blue chip prospect in a fourth line. Uh, you know, maybe that'll be different. Um, that would be cool. Uh, and then claim you don't have a checking line. Um, but, you know, maybe that'll be different. But it, it doesn't really feel like it's anything crazy. I kind of figured they would. Um, probably go with someone who's already in the organization because it's that just felt like the most likely thing instead of like bringing someone completely new in um so yeah i mean i'm not surprised but um it was just kind of interesting to see that they were actually kind of changing directions there um because i mean it seems like everywhere else since like tim army's been like (laughs) the survivor of all these different changes that have happened over the last however many years. It's like somehow the AHL coaches hasn't been touched, even though they just don't make playoffs or right. like even sniff the playoffs. Well, some years. So tell me though, cause obviously it, it matters, but does winning and going to the playoffs really matter? Or do you just care about how the players are getting developed? Yeah, it's no, I mean, it's a development league for sure, but I mean, you're never going to just be like, oh, well, as long as, uh, you know, our younger players are improving individually, that's what the whole point is. Obviously, they want to win every game. They want to have those young players on winning teams. 
Um, so I don't know. It's, it's just curious to see if you can maybe get more out of like the top, top guys, like, and kind of lean less on vets versus kind of putting more on the young guy's shoulders. I mean, it like took a while for, you know, a guy like Adam Beckman to get any kind of trust in that team, like any significant responsibilities, even though he's probably one of the better players on the team. Um, and a guy I would assume is pretty close, if not NHL ready uh, next year. So, um, you know, that's kind of the, what I'll be curious to see. Cause again, like you're looking at guys like, and Hey, I love him to death, but like Turner Ottenbright getting like 24 minutes a game. It's like, okay, well you've got some young dogs out there. Like, can probably do most of what he's bringing. And again, I love Ottenbright, but like just leaning less on the vets maybe and kind of putting more on the young guy's shoulders. But same time, you know, you can, it's hard to kind of with some of how, some of them, how young they are. Obviously you don't want to put too much, but like, I'm just curious to see if there's a little bit more, uh, you know, trusting some of those young guys and maybe not taking seven, like Matt, uh, Mr. Minnesota wild talk. Uh, just said maybe not taking a thousand penalty minutes every fucking year. Uh, they didn't lead the uh, they didn't lead the their conference though this year, unlike the last year. Dude, remember last year I told you the fucking Iowa Wild had like 350 more penalty minutes than any other team in their division. It like sucked on the PK. They were just letting in eight goals a game. That was fun. Weird. That almost sounds eerily similar to what hmm, happened. Interesting. <laughs> Weird. That's it's almost like it's a cultural works. thing. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you, you talk, though, about Beckman almost being ready. Like, maybe he is. What are we expecting this year from Rossi? Is he going to spend more time in Iowa, or is he making the team out of camp and never going back? Yeah, I mean, it's tough because, again, like, it's this situation that they're in with – I mean, they just sort of re-signed Goudreau to a five-year deal, and I don't think they're interested at all at in putting him at the wing. Uh, Eric X, you're obviously not supplanting him. Um so, like, where is that spot in the lineup just going to be any different than it was last year? I mean, I don't the, know. So, the does Ritter, that mean like you're wants to, to make either be sell Rossi because he's already a bust or put him on the first line and move Hartman to Wang? And there's really nothing in between. Yeah. That, again, that's like the weird conundrum that they're in. I, I mean i guess that's what every like top prospects conundrum is like because i mean i don't know i well we're a long way away from like seeing what like even even having an idea of what roster moves are gonna happen because like for all we know there could be some significant moves that we wouldn't have seen coming like who knows maybe they do end up looking at shopping guys like marcus felino and that type um you know, so just kind of curious to see like where the line or where the spots of that lineup actually open up. Cause again, like I'm not really super thrilled about the idea of like, oh, let's try him at fourth line again. Let's see if this now that he did a year of trying it for 15 games and then we sent him back down to Iowa where he was a first line center. Let's see if now he's ready to just play nine and a half minutes a game, 70% of the D zone. So if it's the same thing, then I don't even care if he's like, ready or not i would just have him go back down there <laughs> like yeah, fuck that yeah that's fair and i mean we saw uh i gotta imagine bill Guerin like bullied the, the nhlpa into changing the rule because we just got a change where apparently we can have one specialist coach on the ice with players in the offseason 
you know that's just going to be Rossi all summer. No, they're actually going to rehire. They're going to rehire Tim Army and the only personnel that will be allowed to have any kind of formal training will be Adam Beckman shooting pucks in Tim Army's driveway. Dude, I love I love how uh, people just every year you'll see people throw out why doesn't someone hire Adam Oates? Well, because he's getting the fucking bag, like 10x what you could possibly pay him because he makes money directly from the players for private lessons. Like, what do you want? It's going to be such a sick gig. <laughs> like, it's a pretty good deal. <laughs> and Teddy Purcell's just like his uh, henchman. Like, he works for Oats, too. So yeah. he, like, works with the guys, which, like, is just a very funny combination Teddy, of human beings. Teddy, beings. go show him what not to do. Teddy P, go ahead. Show him. <laughs> do the shit you do. Yeah. If anyone does that, my billing goes up three acts. See that? Yeah. It is fast. They listen to him talk about though, like the specific thing. I mean, it's it's not. That's just another level. I mean, shocking. These people have just another like another part of their brain dedicated for hockey. But like just like the little things he break down and like. Who was it? He was, uh, fuck, when he was coaching with one of the teams, he, like, demanded they use, like, a shorter stick. And, like, he was like, no, 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 you're using a fucking shorter stick. <laughs> He's like, no, you're changing your tape. Like, fuck that. It's crazy. But, yeah, I don't know why no one's ever thought of that. I, yeah, don't know why. <laughs> what, what are we looking for this year from O'Rourke and Hunt? Yeah, I mean, I thought they both actually, by the time the or by the end of the year, they were both playing really well. Um, I thought Damon Hunt probably had more moments where he was like making like noticeable plays than the offenses one, especially. But O'Rourke, again, shocking as the year went on, he was just like very effective, not really standing out, but he defends super well. He he started actually jumping up on the rush a lot more too, um, and getting involved in that offense. Again, neither one of them had like crazy point totals but neither one of them really have any kind of prominent role in that power play anyways. But I mean, I would probably just say just adding to their minutes. Like again, O'Rourke was playing a lot with like Turner Ottenbright. One really interesting pair they had going for a little bit was like Damon Hunt and uh, Simon Johansson, which was just like really fun to watch mostly for the chaos. But again, like even I said it throughout the year, like Damon Hunt, like adjusted to the AHL game way quicker and uh like more effective than i thought he would because because again like when he was in the whl it was fucking just absolute chaos in the funnest way possible uh but he was legitimately just a rover for that moose jaw team but they like a lot of good defensive habits like um and kind of just playing that controlled game so i mean really it's kind of just building on what they did this year but maybe just even looking a little bit more comfortable taking on more responsibilities hopefully getting more looks offensively but um that's probably more so for like a guy like damon hunt but um i would say by the end of the year both made big jumps in their development too just because again like hunt went from being this all chaotic like very fun cocaine hockey on the back end to like really well uh sound defensively so uh really just building on again just hopefully getting even more responsibility than they did uh, last year and kind of you know leading from the back end dude if simon johansson makes the big squad at any point in the next like year or two, what percent of people are going to freak out because they think it's the guy that we drafted in the first round? The other Johansson, Philip. Yeah. Same guy. It's it's gotta yeah. be at least thirty or forty percent. It's gotta be probably. 
Probably. Oh, more, more to your point here, Z. Marco Rossi had a higher D zone start <laughs> percentage than Frederick Goudreau last season. And people wonder why he wasn't scoring, which, I mean, people that don't know much about uh, Freddie Everson, he's not really known for his defense. So you definitely wouldn't want to put him out there for those defensive zone opportunities. I really do feel bad. It always comes down to Freddie Goudreau because, like, he's a good hockey player. It's fucking he is. Poor it's no more, matter it's... what. No, I know. I know. No, I totally get it. I get it. Like, I, we're the ones talking about it. But I just, like, <laughs> feel so bad because every time he just ends up taking these fucking ricochet shots. See, for me, like, it's, hey, the opposite. it's actually not a shot at him. It's more a shot at, like, why do you think that Marco Rossi is the guy you want to play defensively when Freddie Goudreau is really good at that? You know what I mean? Like, it's less why is Goudreau out there for offense instead of Rossi. It's why is Rossi out there for defense instead of Goudreau? Yeah, and I mean, again, Rossi's, like, his potential is, like, elite offense and very elite defense. This is a kid that I believe was either the runner-up, top three, maybe even one. One of the, like, the CHL or the OHL's version of the Selkie, like, he is a very good defensive hockey player. Again, that's why he's all on their PK one too. So, um, I mean, again, that's the interesting part though. And yeah, so he's starting more often in a D zone than a guy like Freddie Goodrow. At the same time, like, well, I guess if you're just using percentages, then that makes sense. But um, yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting. So yeah, shocking though. He's not at a point per game. Can't believe it. Bust, trade him for a seven. So, I mean, again, sticking with the idea of getting more than half his D zone start or half his starts in the D zone. Is this something that is just a total miss on deployment of Rossi? Or is this Dean Evison being the robot that he is, that's not willing to make adjustments and actually pivot throughout a game. He's just like, Oh, Nope. This is the line that's up next. Go. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess, is it more of a Rossi thing versus guys that like that line as a whole, maybe that's the more of the approach, right? Where they obviously aren't going to have them in a the moment where they need a big goal. It's probably not that line. They're going to throw over the, the, uh, like Mason Shaw, Marco Rossi, Dewar, Duhame, whatever combination, like that's probably not their goal. Oh no, you got to play them with Felino. Very matching skill sets there. Yeah. Same thing. Same guy. (laughs) Oh man. Uh, I don't know. Here we go. Gun toting granny, baby. Gun toting granny. Do we think that there's anything to be gained if he plays another year in the AHL? Like, is there more for him to grow at that level? Or are we at the point where he's got to do something in the NHL because there's nothing more to do down there? No, I mean, I still think there's plenty for him to to kind of continue to improve on. Again, like, ideally, he's down there until he is fully ready to be that, like, two or one B. Maybe not one C, obviously, but like a significant center in that top six role or just like kind of ready for that, like 18 minutes a game playing against like the other team's best players, not just being on a fourth line. Like, again, like ideally he works out of the Kings down there. So I don't think there's any problem. I again, if the option is either what he did, not even like the results, but like the option of uh, like being deployed like he was in the however many games he played in the NHL this year. I'd be like, yep, let him go be one C in Iowa. Do you know Play what, first PK, first PP unit. For me, it almost feels like his only path is once he's ready to be the one C because we've already established Freddie Everson will be the three C. 
I don't think there's a world where we don't spend at least the first two months with Boldy and Jojo on either side of Erickson Ack because of how well that line went. Because we know historically they're going to force that just like they did the grief line until it just does not work at all. So the only spot for Rossi is the first line. Cause if you play him on the fourth line, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. Again, if you, if that's the plan at a camp, then you're just asking for more of the same. Like, I don't really know what he's even supposed to do. Again, if that's his role, like, I don't know how anyone even expects him to like, just pop. I mean, again, like, cause it, in that role, he was fine. Like he was playing good. Like he played well. He played as a good defensive forward, but like I just don't think it did anything for him. So like, yeah, no, I I agree. I, 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 if they if he doesn't play a single fucking game in the NHL next year, I don't give a shit. If you want to keep him in the AHL, let him just go play eighteen to twenty two minutes a night against the other team's best players. Again, first PP, first PK. Like right, that's fine with me because realistically the more professional hockey he gets to play before having to like really be in the spotlight in the NHL and like be the guy for them. Like, that's fine. I would rather have that. Like we're also, it's what's he 19, 20 now. Like <laughs> who gives the shit? Like that's it's not, late. he's already a bust. Yeah. I oh. love that. I thought people like need just like have that need to be like, I knew it. He's five, nine. He stinks. He's terrible. Jack Quinn had a good Connor two going to be a stud. Jack Quinn had a good two months in the NHL for the Sabres. Dude, Perfetti, Lundell, Jarvis. Like, what the fuck were we thinking? Um, I don't I know. I weirdly, though, I, I kind of – is it weird that I almost think it's better if he not necessarily, like, makes and stays on the team right out of training camp, but I think he needs to play with the team out of training camp? like play the start of the season, because I think there's less pressure and less eyes on him specifically to start the year, right? It's all about the new season, figuring out what the new approach is, what are the line combos, whatever. Yeah, there'll be some people that harp on him, but if you wait and you bring him up two, three, four months in, now it's all eyes on the guy that's been cooking down in the AHL and we need to see him pop in the first game or two or we're all going to yell bust, right? Yeah, I mean, I think, if he like no matter what no matter if it's game one of the nhl season or game 20 game if he comes up and plays like a 10 minute fucking he has a 10 minute game and he has like a shot on goal and zero points and he's like dash one people will be like i knew it he's terrible so there you go it doesn't matter like if he doesn't come up and immediately just go like point for game status he's not gonna like he's like oh god damn him i i can't he stinks it doesn't matter. It's just like people are going to freak out no matter what. Like, it is what it is. No, for sure. All right. Well, we got to keep it rolling then. Let's get into the Mem Cup. And we, we got to start from the Minnesota angle. Kyle Masters carried off on a stretcher. Pretty, pretty bad looking incident there. I mean, I'll, I'll start. Thankfully, he's been released from the hospital. Sounds like there's a three-month turnaround time for him. Watching that hit, though, from Brennan Oathman, is this something that you think was clean, dirty, somewhere in between? I mean, I I probably am in the camp where it's like not exactly clean, but not like the most dirty hit in the world. Like, again, he clearly did not 
have any like intention on playing that puck. It's in a really bad spot in the ice. They're like Peterborough's getting the shit kicked out of them. Othman's been chirping the entire game. So like, you know, what's really going on there, but the hit itself, I mean, you know, whatever, like the Kamloops coach even said after, I mean, the Kamloops, the Kamloops coach said after he was like, bottom line is NHL department player safety looked at it too. And they were like, yep, no, for us, that's nothing. So what, what, what else did the coach say? Yeah, well, yeah, he pretty much like, loses him. his mind after Oathman goes over and like you know wishes him well as he's getting stretchered off. So there's he more to that it. though. Okay, there's okay. more. To, there's more to that too because he went by the bench. He, like after he hit Masters, apparently he went by the bench and I'll do that to every fucking one of you. Like basically was like, who else wants it? Oh. So like, coach is like, are you mother? <laughs> yeah, and Brandon and, and then goes it. over to him. <laughs> yeah, like so. I mean, I don't know. It's. Like they said after the game, too, when you think of stretcher, the fact that it's a lower body injury is, like, I guess the best possible news. Again, it's not, it's a pretty significant one. It was like, I mean, that was bad. Like, Well, the first thing I read about it was just spine first into the boards, and immediately I just, like, quit. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't – yeah, you have to, like, see the video to really, like, put any kind of yeah. contact, obviously, but, like – it was just the way his body just like crunched. It was bad. But again, it was just like a really shitty spot in the ice. And again, like he knew what he was doing. I don't obviously he didn't want to like put him on a fucking stretcher. But like it was one of those, hey, we're down by a fucking million goals. Uh fuck this guy. I am gonna fucking light someone up. Which yeah. it is what it is. But yeah, no, it's just shitty for Masters. Like, again, what a fucking season the kid had. Um Hopefully, you know, it's not going to be something that affects them super long term, but definitely a, a tough, delayed start probably to his pro career at this point. Um, this if he was going to come in. Oh, <laughs> yeah, there you, you go. We got you. <laughs> so, again, basically from what I read, the coach was losing his fucking mind because right after he hit Masters, he went by the fucking can't lose bench. It was basically like, who else fucking wants it? Like, everyone can get it. Because he is a psychopath. Again, I do love Brandon Othman, but like... Uh, well, he, he, was, an, he was a big uh, a- cog in our whole uh, guy-buddy-friend segment. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And so, all right. Any other wild prospects we want to talk about from the Mem Cup? Yeah, I mean, just Bank here is the one left there. Um, I think he's had, like, a couple of assists. Um, I mean, realistically, Seattle is just kicking the shit out of everybody. Um, that lineup is just a joke. I Like, I forgot how many guys they did end up adding to. Um, like, and I forgot that Brad Lambert came over, like, in the middle of the year, and he's been unbelievable for them then they bring in dylan genther from the fucking nhl (laughs) they've got just this lineup is like they're it's they're legit but they are killing everybody like they pounded uh peterborough they pounded i think they killed the cam loops maybe dude it probably their first game is like 10 nothing just imagine isha if if a u.s team wins the mama cup i'm just gonna go off in Western Canada. Hmm? Um, in Western Canada, yeah. Uh, 
Oh my god, I forgot they had Nolan out. Nolan out. Yeah, I mean they've got like nine. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 10 NHL draft picks like or 10 drafted players in the NHL. They've got probably three or four more that'll go early or like will project to be like very good. Like, I mean, they're loaded. It's well, let's, a joke. let's talk about it, man. 2023 draft eligibles playing. Let, <clears> let's start with Seattle. Who do we got there that we're watching? Yeah. They, I mean, they've got Grayson Sachin. who's an awesome player. Really, really. Solid. All name team candidate. He is on there. Um, I, he's, since his, uh, height doesn't start with a six, he's technically an undersized center, but tons of skills, super creative. And I mean, he was right around a point per game on a stack team playing like 13 minutes a night this year. Um, so I think, you know, I'll be interested to see where he goes. I think most like public scouting, uh, outlets have him like late first round. Some even have like mid to like close to 12. Um, it sounds like fucking, He's 5'11", and he's a center, so he's not going to go in the first round. Uh, I think Pronman had him at, like, fucking 60, so we'll see what actually happens there. But he's a solid player. He's really fun to watch. And they've got the other kid. It's such a, I don't know if I actually put him on the all-name team. The the Nico uh, Majadovic kid. Definitely uh, solid. <laughs> he's a he'll, – he'll probably go early because he's a big boy. He's 6'3", like 200 pounds. Um, plays center, plays wing. He's a good solid player. Chips in offensively. Plays defensive, uh, plays well defensively too. Um, and they've got the goalies though, dude. <clears throat> they've got uh, Thomas Millich from uh, the Katie World Juniors there, uh, who really just like did his thing and really like solidified himself that, yes, even though he got missed out on being drafted the last uh, two years, I think it was. Yeah, he's a, this is like his third year that he's eligible. Uh, he's been a stud in the Mem Cup. And they've also got Ratzlaff, who was the uh, uh, Holinka Team Canada goalie who, like, gave up, like, two goals the whole fucking tournament. Um, so they've just got a dynamic duo there, both uh, drafted or uh, draft guys. Yeah, again, Perron is – he's 5'8", Crystal's 5'9", so. <laughs> I mean, if you're 5'11 or shorter, you're just 5'7". That's the rules. Yeah. And if you're 6 feet or taller, you're, like, 6'8". So the thing with Chris Andrew Crystal though is like I totally get like the being concerned about him because he's like the epitome of boomer bust. Like he doesn't have a B game. He is insane and like one of the most just naturally talented players in this draft. But fact is he has no interest in playing defensively. Uh like is a very bad skater, but He's one of the most creative, most skilled. He's got an insane shot. Can shoot off both feet like it's a joke. And he's a super creative playmaker. So the uh, the ceiling is super high, which is why you'll see him in a lot of top tens. But again, it's it's boomer bust. Like he has to be that guy in the NHL, or like like he's never going to be. He wouldn't even be able to do the uh, the Marco Rossi nine minutes a night in the fourth line. Uh, he wouldn't be able to do that. So. But I, so that's why I would say, like, I do get the skepticism or like being scared to draft him too high. Is is he worth uh, the risk? Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. <laughs> I like him. I, I, it depends where, I guess. I'm, I mean, I can't leave him out of the first round. I was going to say, if he falls out of the first round, is that where you draw the line and be like, fuck you guys? Like, even later than like, 
Next, yeah, that, yeah. Okay. I would say he, he like he's got to go first round. He's so fucking good, but maybe he won't. All right, anyone outside of Seattle then that's worth talking about? Um, oh god, I mean, what's his face on? Uh, I always forget. Such a good year. There's there's like three kids on Kamloops who have like such similar names and similar play styles that drives me insane. I like literally I mix them up constantly. Um uh, da, 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 da. oh Levis. Fuck me. Jesus Christ. Connor Levis. Uh he's a solid play. I'll be curious to see where he goes. Like he's got a good two-way game. He's six two center wing. He's a solid player. Um but other than that, like in terms of like uh high end draft guys, like I'm trying to think for Quebec. Um I don't know if it even really popped off, to be honest. Like the, the draft guys that have popped off it's like all been with Seattle. Like they're fucking loaded. Um, but yeah, I mean, I it's it's just looking like Seattle's just gonna kick the shit out of everybody. Like they're fucking everyone up. What if we just kick the shit out of everybody? No, it's it's dead. It's saying it's dead. It doesn't work anymore. As long as you still have the shirt. I do. Um, Tucked right. away. But last uh, prospect one before we move on to NHL stuff here. Uh, I know there's caveats that come with this. Obviously, who falls, what happens. But from Jason, what are the Wild looking at with their two second-round picks? So, I mean, who are guys that you're seeing that are falling to the late second, early third that you're like, yes, zero hesitation, give me this guy? Yeah, I mean, it's probably biased for me just because I spend the majority of my like draft prospect watching just out of Sweden, but there are a ton of Swedish, like, like I think of like a David Edstrom, he probably is now going to go with how well he played the U18s. He'll probably be gone before then. Same thing with like Anton Wahlberg, like Anton Wahlberg to be, would be amazing there just because again, this is a kid. The hockey sense is not there yet, but like all the tools in the world to just be an absolute beast. And again, he's a big boy that plays center. Same thing with David Edstrom. Oh, is he five, seven or six, seven? Yeah, true. You can only have there's only which one is he? They're both well, David S from six three, Wahlberg six. Okay, so they're both six seven. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if you're at if you're at six, it's like all right, he's six five. Imagine putting out like a scouting report for a bunch of players and all of them are either five seven or six seven. Yeah, no thing in between. <laughs> Same thing. Uh, uh those are just again, you look at the centers. Same thing with like Felix Nelson. He's another guy. He's just like a really creative um, center that plays well on both sides of the puck. I was, it sucked that he got hurt before the U18s because he would have played a prominent role on that team. Um, sure. But those are some of the guys that I look at, honestly. And again, I know it's just like – it's funny just because I spend literally all of my time watching the Swedish kids. But, like, those are just a couple of guys that would legitimately be, like, perfect in, the, in that system. It's kind of like filling that spot where there's upside in both of them, clearly um and they're a little bit just like of a different mold from the rest of that po- uh, prospect pool so um yeah i like it do you agree would cameron allen be fun ah <sighs> uh, i mean he's fun but he had a brutal year i mean like this is a kid that was projected to be the first defenseman off the board so he'll be our uh Sirvak petrovsky perfect yep yeah uh, yeah i mean we'll see like he looked or he could be like the kaylin addison Oh, the guy that we take in the second round and then just fucking abuse. 
Nice. I wish nothing of the sort on Cameron Allen. No, Cameron Allen's so, super fun though. He's like, again, he's a under. It's like five eleven, but he just had such a rough year. He did get hurt too, but like he had a great Halinka. So again, that was when he was projected to be like the first defenseman off the board, and he literally, I mean, just like nothing happened for him this draft. Like, and his stock has tanked to the point where like you'll see him in like the eighties sometimes in some of these rankings like he just had like again i think the preseason his average like projected whatever slot was like 12 or 13 and now you're talking about a kid who's literally like mid-second at the earliest probably just with how the year's gone for him i mean that team sucked but like he did not help himself no that's fair he, but hey, who knows? Diamond in the rough, who knows? All right. Well, transitioning to the NHL then, before we get into the musical chairs of GMs and coaches, Sean's coming in hot. Odds that Philip Gustafson's agent pisses off Garen and he gets traded at the draft. There's no precedent we can really go off of with this, but any thoughts? Uh, Philip Gustafson got traded today. <laughs> this the is KHL true. rights were traded this today, is, which is so insane. funny. It's like the fact that that's a thing is so funny. Like they're just holding out hope that maybe fucking he's like, yeah, fuck the NHL, I'm going to Russia. How does his right, the KHL rights, get traded? Uh, so then, it's already done. It's done. They traded him. He's gone. He's back, back to the Soviet. It's the equivalent as, of uh, if we trade first, traded first Dobbs rights right now. Yeah, well, that boy's never playing in Minnesota. That hey, sucks. Billy I Garen, love that kid. Billy Garen was asked point blank on the radio, or maybe it was on uh, Russo's podcast, but he like said, oh, was he? yeah, we'd be open to having that conversation, which I'm sure that's yeah. just him being nice. <laughs> Again, I've said this before. Bill Garen's very good at like, you ask me a question and he answers. You're like, oh, right. He answered my the question. Redirect. Walk, walk away like, motherfucker, I'm actually more confused than I was before. God damn. I don't think he'll ever be playing Minnesota. Played one AHL game and said, you know what? Fuck this. <laughs> I just go, this sucks. I'm going back to Russia. Someone yelled at me. I mean, you know what, though? That's better than taking well, the that's approach. That's why Army like, got gassed. No, I'm just going to have five milkshakes a day and uh, see if I can Duh, figure out the I, physical piece. Every couple like weeks, I remember that Alexander <laughs> Hovanov exists. I'm like, fuck. Like, he's so nasty. Dude, like, some of the games he was scratched in, he would, like, be, like, they would, like, pan, and he'd be in the stands. <laughs> and he's, like, going nuts during the game, though. He was, like, loving it. I was, like, this guy just wants to watch the fucking games. <laughs> he's so good, though. I can't believe that sucked. I still can't believe, by the way, that he had the meeting with the fucking the iowa staff they're like dude like not to be a dick but you just gotta lose weight and like get in shape and like stop eating like shit and they saw him like three hours later and he goes, having a fucking milkshake <laughs> oh, no, guys, guys i got the uh i got the uh low fat version i would i would i would have fucking made him the captain i was like that's fucking amazing i love that i would have made the captain and that's when you go with the uh uh alexi koval i've given the six minute shift 
Yeah, the six-minute shift. That's the way to do it. Yeah, exactly, Sean. Literally, like, it's unbelievable. He was like, I don't know. I fucking love burgers. <laughs> How am I supposed to have a burger without a milkshake? Like, what are you talking He's about? <laughs> Can you please put out your cigarette? I always smoke when I drink. I always smoke when I drink. Sorry. Oh, yeah. By the way, I got to call you out. Uh, you had the whole scene correct because I dubbed it in for that uh, video I made up for you last week for the table read. But it was not the right movie when you talked about the guy who's stealing TVs and they literally watch him. Oh, what, what, what movie is it driving me nuts? I literally because I've one of, tried one to- of my personal favorite comedies that like no one talks about role models. Oh, my God, you're right. That's Since why you can never find he's it. in like the office with uh, Paul Rudd's girl. And <laughs> it's such a good scene, though. <laughs> That is not that, that could be any guy. Look at me, Steve Garvin, stealing TVs. <laughs> that is not me. That is not me. That's <laughs> one of the funniest scenes. <laughs> I oh, randomly, it, I'm, su- I'm such a fucking idiot too, because I like randomly quote that. And that, at in no way is that specific to one movie. Just saying, that is not me. <laughs> Like obviously, it was like the second you said it, I knew exactly what you were talking about. It's and I just driving me nuts. I'm so glad you said that the other guys. It. You said the other guys, and that was I don't know why I thought. Stuck. I don't know why I thought it was that one. Yeah, no, that one you got to go with desktop. Please, <laughs> stealing TVs. <laughs> That's that such a good movie, though. Such <laughs> so an underrated good. movie. Of course, he has. You know what party. I had for breakfast? Cocaine. <laughs> you know what I had for lunch? Cocaine. What'd you have for dinner? Was it cocaine? <laughs> uh, they were a good duo. I like those two together. Paul Rudd and uh, Sean William Scott. That's a fun one. Okay. Paul, Paul Rudd's really, last thing on that, Paul Rudd's really good at playing that guy. In oh, yeah. He's no, he's really very typecast, it. but he is so good at what he does. But I, then you'll, again, you'll so see funny. him in like, uh, in uh, forget was it forgetting Sarah Marshall or just the surfer guys? <laughs> that is very out of character for him, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. You said like you're from London. <laughs> I say that whenever I hear a British accent. <laughs> and then, uh, the other one that I, I got say, rid of all my clocks. <laughs> yeah, so I just got my cell phone. <laughs> oh, the PPOP will make my wife like be herself every time <laughs> but then also uh just the weather outside is weather always gets me weather i don't know why that is a weather <laughs> dude I, oh god damn it <laughs> oh it's the good stuff god damn it here's another great line <laughs> <laughs> they're everywhere <laughs> oh fuck all right this is gonna turn into uh a quote episode so we're just gonna truck right along here i'm changing yeah. this podcast this isn't about hockey anymore this is just about movies specifically paul rudd movies oh look at that we just picked up four watchers because you said that perfect <laughs> um, all right gm and coach carousel new era in calgary the flames uh, not only bring in from the outside dave nonis to serve as senior vp of hockey ops and assistant gm they promoted internally their boy Craig Conroy to GM. Uh, I mean, thoughts on this in general, or do you just not care because it's Calgary? Yeah, I mean, I'm not really surprised whatsoever. Like, that kind of felt like 
a very likely scenario because Craig Conroy has been pushing for the GM job for a while. I don't know. Like, we'll see if it changes anything, really. Like, shocking. He had a really good press conference that people liked because he was saying good things about Calgary. Like, nice. Like, uh, oh, well, he's I mean, the one. We'll one see thing what that happens could now. Happen. One thing that could happen sounds like one more year, and they're probably going to get Jerome McGinley back into the org. And I, it, it's been lightly mentioned, but I think bringing Alex Tangay in and giving him a shot as a coach. You gotta admit, you loved what he was doing when he was here, part of our org. Like, oh yeah, why not? And, Just and like somewhat new. I mean, yes, new, but like you know, he gives me that, the Marty St. Louis flair, though. Like, not just because of their size and like the way they played the game, but like that's how he views the game from a coaching yeah. lens too. No, he's a, then that's the thing, right? Like the more creativity in like the coaches. And like willingness to just like let players be themselves. I mean, you think like Jonathan Huberto wouldn't fucking love that, dude? Like, well, um, that's the funny thing too, is because they, they've got eight years to do it. So <laughs> that they do, that they do. Eight years, funny, eighty million. The, the guy that everyone thought Calgary was going to be hard after actually just replaced John Hines with the Nashville Predators as the head coach, Andrew Brunette. Because, again, obviously the direct connection with Huberdeau's success, him being the head coach there, even though I have things that I'll say in opposition, but we'll leave that alone. But Hines is out and already rumored to be right there with Peter Laviolette as uh, the front runners for the New York Rangers gig as Chard Gallant yet again gets canned. It's just like... I mean... I Taxes and Gallant being fired. Like, that's... <laughs> I mean, when are we just gonna like accept Gerard Glant is what he is though? Like that he was like a bad coach for the Rangers this year. Objectively. Especially in the playoffs. Just, sure. No, I know. It's just like ever like uh because everyone talks about he's a players coach and shit. Like, yeah, I think for a little bit and maybe like with the vets. Oh uh, yeah. He's he does <laughs> absolute shit for the young kids which is very very noticeable um do you think that he got done dirty by barry trotz though like the way that that was dragged out i don't know i think no that's what everyone's trying to like say is like how could he do this it's like you understand like he's one of the best coaches that we've seen in recent eras of the nhl i think he was having conversations and john hines knew exactly what was going on this whole time like he's not a dickhead and who cares? Like we talked about it before we jumped on John Hines, maybe not the greatest coach anyways. Not sure why he got brought over there, but uh, do you think Andrew Burnett's the answer for the Nashville Predators? It'll be interesting. Cause like when we've seen him as a head coach in the NHL, it's the Florida model where that year it was just like chaos and like take every chance you can as a defenseman jump up in the rush all offense like absolutely sacrifice defensive like sequences for like it's fun it's a high tempo like just complete chaos obviously didn't really end up working out long run but it's in interesting combination though in nashville because forever their identity has been like smash mouth hockey where it's just like they're kicking the shit out of everybody 
And like when they were at their best, which was not this year, obviously. Uh, but like their the backbone of that team was that back end, right? Like, sure. and obviously that changed as the years have gone on. So it's like kind of an interesting thing. And then you They're think about a good a guy back like, end, though, man. Yeah, they've got guys there, but like it's still different than it was. Like, yeah. Um, but they, it's weird because like you have the team identity like that. Then you've got Brunette as the coach, who's the opposite, where it's just like offense. We are actually just going to ice five forwards now, uh, and we're going to pull the goalie tied, or even if we're winning one nothing, let's just pull the goalie and let's have another skater out there, whatever. Uh, and then you got like Barry Trost, the GM. So it's like, okay, defense. Um, so it's like just a really fascinating like combination. So I'd be curious to see if it works out. I mean, I actually, it was interesting this year specifically for them because they obviously started terrible. Um, well, I mean, they didn't move the bus. Then, but like selling really effectively at the deadline and then it still made a run and almost made the fucking playoffs. So it was like a right. crazy year. Um, but I'd be interested to see if it works out just because, again, I think it's a different identity, obviously, than what they've been. So I'll be, and I mean, they've got guys there that obviously can still play that way. Yeah. Um, well, I think the biggest thing, too, with a guy like Brunette, like my biggest concern, which I've said so many times, is his inability to make adjustments. But when the GM of your team is a pretty legendary coach in his own right, you got someone built in there to help you make those adjustments. So maybe it's not as big of a deal. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think it'll be a big, I mean, I think Burnett's a good coach though. Like based on one I, year. No, I mean, I even just looking at when he was an assistant, like, yeah. like this year with the devils, I thought he was a, he was a great addition. Like with the Lindy. Yeah, what, what are the devils going to those... do now? Do they just keep Lindy forever? <laughs> Why not? I mean, it worked. Well, you got to get the fans to chant that they want him fired, and then he'll figure it out and do really good. And then no, he has to, now he has to have he has to have a beer with all the fans at every single one of them. Oh my god, that'd be delightful. <laughs> oh, and then yes, of course, uh, we've got this issue. <laughs> Whoops, that's a it's a that was a tough uh, it was tough footage. That was tough to watch. That was on both basically- sides there. <laughs> That was basically the Steve Garvin. <laughs> I, yeah. Andrew Burnett driving shit bombed. I did, that didn't do that. No. <laughs> nah, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, dude, like, so what? I coach the Panthers. A big thing that I didn't even put on the outline and I totally spaced on until a minute ago. So there's a guy that kind of established himself as a perennial all star for the Nashville Predators. Ends up leaving them and signing in free agency a decent, like, long-term ticket. Gets bought out about three-fourths of the way through that contract. Goes and signs with another team that actually makes it to their uh, respective conference final. And only two years into that new contract, already being rumored to be one of the top buyout candidates. Like, could you write a better script? Who could have seen this coming? Uh, <laughs> it's well it's funny though because like i thought it was all fan driven that fans are just like get this bum the fuck out of here dude elliot friedman is saying that he's a top buyout candidate like there's something there they gave him a five-year deal what he was wasn't it four i think it's four maybe i don't know either way 
<laughs> it's fucking nuts. Um, For anyone that hasn't kept up thus far, uh, we're talking about wild fan favorite Ryan Suter. Everyone's fan favorite. Fan favorite everywhere he goes. Uh, oh my god. It's like it's unbelievable, dude. Like I still I mean, I again I can't believe I knew he would get signed immediately, but <laughs> three, four, five, matter. Over under and everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, fucking unbelievable. It's crazy. Uh I'll take the over. I'll hammer the over on that. Because apparently he'll I'm sure he's Someone gonna sign like Someone he'll sign. He's gonna sign four more contracts somehow. He's gonna end up being the highest paid player in NHL history just from buyout money. Like the amount of money he's gonna make. He'll make Yager money, but just on fucking buyout residuals, dude. It's incredible. I I don't even know what to do with that. All right, moving on. Uh next move. Well, we can kind of just go uh a full Toronto Maple Leaf sadness cocktail here with the next three. Um, they had plans today to announce and have a press conference to formally welcome Brad Trilliving as the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs right before this, uh, actually the day prior, we hear that Spencer Carberry is off to the Washington capitals. So there you've lost, uh, an obvious heir apparent to be the head coach when a lot of sentiment around Toronto is that they're not going to be keeping Keefe. It's not confirmed yet, but it's unlikely. And then we have maybe like half hour to an hour before that press conference, <laughs> the Pittsburgh Penguins announce <laughs> that they've got uh, Kyle Dubas as the president of hockey operations. Just a massive cuck of the Toronto Maple Leafs. You hate to see it. Like no, no team deserves to have that done to them, but especially an upstanding, respectable group of fans like the Toronto Maple Leafs fans. Yeah, I mean, let's just let you have this this victory lap. Why don't we let just give you the floor, give you the Penguins minute, two minutes, three minutes. If we need another hour, we'll do another hour. Go ahead and How are you feeling? How I'm are you feeling? I'm thrilled. I am ecstatic. This is all that I've wanted for the past year. Uh, well, let me be clear. I'm more excited that Ron Hextall is gone than I am that uh, Kyle Dubas is here, but beyond thrilled. I, I'm i a big fan of what Dubas does. People try and point at mistakes he made in Toronto. Cool. Some of them are out of his control. Some of them are also things that maybe he learned from whatever. That's a, a big selling point that everyone's making on Trelleving is, oh, well, he learned from uh, the whole experience with Goudreau and Kachuk, so he'll make sure the same thing doesn't happen here with Matthews, Nylander, and Marner. But no, I'm I'm absolutely thrilled. I know a lot of people are kind of surprised to see that he got the president of hockey operations stamp. That was very much expected from anyone that's, I guess, following or a fan of the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's going to be really interesting to see who they pick for a GM or if they even do, because you know he's basically going to have his hand at the wheel. It's just like the Vancouver Canucks, where so many Canucks fans tried to deny that Jim Rutherford was the GM, when in fact, yes, I don't care what his title is, he's running that shit. It'll be the same with Dubas, but I'm I'm absolutely thrilled. It could not have gone better. Now we're going to have to sit back and wait to see what the big boy moves are that he might pull. But uh 
Also, I think uh, we got an issue. I think uh, Matthew botched this one. I think he meant to say Nylander to Pittsburgh. Or maybe he's talking about Alex Nylander going out to Toronto. That'd be funny. <laughs> that's, I think, what he was. That's what I'm going I'm, I, I was thinking the other way. I was thinking the good Nylander coming to Pittsburgh, but we'll see what happens. It's funny, though. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of great people that cover the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm sorry, like the narrative that's going around where everyone's talking about, well, the last time the Penguins got a stud from Toronto, they won back-to-back Stanley Cups. Like comparing Dubis to Phil Kessel is even remotely comparable in any sense of the word. I don't know. I think you guys are like, I think they have a great point. As hard as you can to find a way to talk about Phil Kessel. You know, meanwhile, we got our boy Jacob here who, at least acknowledges that he's a legend even in Vegas, even not playing. Did you see that fucking video of him getting his like head rubbed in the locker room? <laughs> he's the best player in the league. <laughs> he is my hero. Guy. Dude, I oh, I need him to just go out onto the ice in like shorts, sandals, and a Hawaiian shirt and grab the cup and just fucking pump it. I if they win the cup, I just need a microphone to be near him at all times. I need to pick up everything that he's saying because it's gonna be fun. You think he gives a shit? He's just like, I'd love to watch the boys. But fuck it, who cares? He'll probably he probably do the he probably go grab the cup second. He'd probably go get the cup from Mark Stone. <laughs> if if Mark Stone gave him the cup next, I I would be ready to die. I have witnessed all I need to on this earth. That would be absolutely incredible. You know, he'd do some Phil, like he would probably take like, hi, you're welcome, boys. Like, uh, <laughs> I love that guy, dude. He's the best. Yeah, best, player the league. best player in the league. He's my hero. But uh, yeah, so that, that's as much as I need to get into on Dubis being with the Penguins. Obviously a lot to be seen this summer on how he, shuffles the deck because there's plenty of moves that need to be made, but he's got wiggle room for once. He's got 20 million cap space to work with. Again, yeah, again, in this theory, money, but it'll be again. Yeah. Like you said, it'll be interesting to see what they do with the GM thing. Um, Sounds like mean, one of the rumors is that uh, Ray Shero returns, which I wouldn't hate. I loved him. He's a good dude. He's funny. Dude, he was dude. When he was with Pittsburgh and making his fucking deals, like literally every year at the trade deadline, I would just post the gif of uh, Jigsaw from Saw where he's like, let's play a game. And that's literally the phone call every time. He just calls the other GM. He's like, want to play a game? <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I, I fucking love that dude. Because again, he went, I one of the first BC games I sat in the press box game or press box for first BC game. Uh it was him, Hendricks, and like two other dudes, and he wasn't watching. He literally like <laughs> he had his back to the ice, and he was literally just chopping it up, like telling old stories, like laughing. <laughs> Meanwhile, like Hendricks was taking every notes on like McBain, Bourne, and Nestorenko. Two of actually probably all three of them will never. I can't imagine Warren signs with Minnesota ever. So Shero knew. So he was like, Matt, they're not fucking coming back. 
Anyways, and he was like just like telling stories and laughing. Though he literally had the roster thing, like the lineup sheet they give you before the game. So he just had it like rolled up, and he was just using it to like smack his leg. Like he was just like laughing, like ah, telling stories and shit. And I was like, this is the best guy in the league. I love this dude. Oh, that is fantastic. I love it. So I mean, in general, your perspective, Kyle Dubas, overrated, underrated, properly rated. It's weird because, like, I want to take the, like, defense-sitting position, but it's literally impossible because, like, everyone's either, like, fuck this guy and his math and his calculators, or they're all, like, no, he's actually really smart. Every Look at the deadline. Look at the, all the players they brought in. Like, how did they do that with this cat? Like, whatever. Uh, I mean, I think he's a smart dude. Um, so I think he'll be fine. I think having a GM would be smart just so it's like yeah you know he's working in tandem with a i'm I'm sure that's what he did in fucking toronto too but like i thought they were gonna bring darsh and it sounds like that's kind of already been confirmed off the table now yeah i mean like i think he's a good gym i think he's smart i actually think taking him out of toronto to me a very good thing though oh for sure like just it's fun i trying to think of how to phrase it like i think for a guy like him in that position in like he was sue say marie and then he's just like been in toronto forever like i think that makes it significantly more difficult obviously but like i think just getting him out of there and having him run a team that like isn't the team that he's grown up with forever i would be i'm that's what i'm most curious to see if it's just like totally different because i mean you see him like the fucking like when the cameras are on during the games he's oh like he's yelling at fans of like jesus christ dude i like that I, I want a little bit of fire in my front office i don't know <laughs> i know but like oh god the, the the one from i think it was this year where he's just like jesus fucking christ <laughs> i'm like dude there's a camera on you 24 7 bro like <laughs> That was and now no one's even going to pay attention, and it's beautiful, dude. Like he, when he started, he was like very calm, and then as the years have gone on, he just wants to win the cup so bad with his like hometown team. Now he's just like foaming at the mouth every fucking game. Like anytime there's a a like a borderline call against Leafs, like Mother, I'll kill your fucking family. Murder <laughs> <laughs> your family. He said, "That's my C, Jackie." I hardly raised my voice. <laughs> oh man, that's great. I and I mean, you gotta factor in too. He's got a better core that he's working with now. That helps. He's got an older core. He's got Granlin. That's not part of the core. How dare you? That was rude. <laughs> yeah, it is, bro. That okay? Fighting words. Got it. <laughs> Yeah, it'd, be we'll see. If, it'd be horrible if Bergeron retires this summer. They probably will. <laughs> um, fuck, dude. I. It's gonna be interesting. I'm I'm kind of waiting too to see because everyone likes to just like make random connections and decide like what's gonna happen just because of who you know or whatever. If no one else does it, I'm probably gonna go in and just try and stir up rumors saying that he's gonna try and bring Matt Murray back and watch Pittsburgh Twitter just implode. Yeah. 
Yeah, just say, just tweet just that picture. Just chuck the grenade and walk away. Just p- tweet that picture of you two again from the NCAAs and well, just I'm gonna say I'm going to post it every, like, four fucking days, dude. That's, what he, that's dude, what he told I you. I got my track record two now. I told people that they need to come to Pittsburgh when they're no longer welcome where they're at. Kyle Dubas and Jason Zucker, and both of them fucking happened. Yeah. I'm just going to start going around. I need to go to, I need to meet Austin Matthews in person. Be like, yeah, dude, when they fuck you over in Toronto, you should go to Pittsburgh. Yo, bro. What are you thinking? <laughs> I know. I know shit. I know a puck. Dude, dude coyotes are um, relocating. There's no reason for you to be considering that. You like Dubas. Why not? I'm telling you though, like Sean over here is just mentioning the, the contract. This Pittsburgh fucking their cap friendly page. It's interesting. It's fascinating, dude. Dude, you, you know what's more fascinating though? The longest tenured forward on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Do you know who it is? It's for three years. And they are the what? only one that has three years of term. Wait, what? Toronto Maple Leafs, forwards only. Yeah. They only have one player that has three years. Oh, left. Uh, oh, left. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying. The rest uh, are two, one, or. No, because you said longest tenure. So I was like. Oh, sorry. Yeah, tenure. Okay. Moving forward. Looking forward. Who has the. It has to be Tavares. No, Tavares has two. Callie oh, Yarn Croak, three That's years. Right. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. They've got Martin yeah, yeah, and Tavares yeah. for two. They've got Nylander and Matthews for one. And they've got a couple other guys signed. The rest of their forward group has to be completely redone. Yeah, well, uh, Yarn Crow signed that like eight-year, like $2.5 million deal in Nashville. The funniest contract ever. Him and Sissons did the same thing. It's like yeah. they signed like seven and eight years at like less than three million. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Someone else just did that too, I'm pretty sure. But I can't remember who it is off the top of my head now. So that was worth mentioning. But yes, Penguin's uh cap friendly page is very interesting. Do you think Dubas took the job, sat down, looked at the cap sheet, was just like, ooh, fuck. Uh <laughs> man, this is Berkey, what the fuck, man? And and fucking, you signed off on this shit? Jesus Christ. They I thought you were supposed to help. That, dude, it, they did so much fucking damage in such a short period of time. It is legitimately fucking incredible life. how many fucking crazy long-term shitty fucking moves. Ron Hextall should get his name on the Stanley Cup if the Florida Panthers win. Again, that John Marino deal is literally... At no point will that ever even look close. Marino and McCann will always hurt. Those ones just to my core. And then the extension of Jeff Carter, who who the rationale behind it was when Malkin walks, because we saw in the article Malkin was gone. Jeff Carter was the heir apparent to be the second fucking line center when he can't even fucking hold the bag as fourth line center. It's brutal, dude. That's so bad. He's going to figure it out though. He's going to wheel and deal this summer. Biggest thing for me is figuring out goaltending. And Mm. I say, take a big swing package picks, futures, whatever. Get Hellebuck from Winnipeg. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm curious to be very curious to see what they do. How the fuck does Shovel oh, Day yeah. Hang on. How much better would the the cap friendly page be if uh, this had happened, Z? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was their big move, which I love JT Miller, so like I would have found a way to be okay with it, but Jesus Christ. Oh yeah. What was the ex- there was a the um the conversation debate around that and then what they ended up doing ended up being really funny. And I was literally looking at it the other day. But I what they remember. ended up doing was getting Granlund and it's not funny. It was that. Yeah. That's not funny. <laughs> <sighs> Fuck. I didn't think he was good in Minnesota. I definitely don't think he's good now. That's really mean, man. Yep. You've got me in a mean um, mood the more you keep on mentioning him. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't have mentioned anything. All right, so um, is, is Trelleving to, to Toronto, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I, uh, I actually, I mean, I think Tree Living is a good GM. I think, like, I do too. like, I think the, the Gaudreau Kachuk situation felt essentially like completely out of his control. Where well, I think they like had tried. fleeced him a bit too. Like he was very much under the impression that Goudreau was staying. Kachuk, he made the best out of his shitty situation. Like everyone says, like, oh, you're gonna bring in the guy that traded Matthew Kachuk. Well, the guy fucking said he was gonna walk for nothing. Like, yeah, you trade him. And I think he did a pretty good job getting a return, given that he was negotiating with one fucking team. On this very show, maybe not this one, maybe it was the just the soda pod. But we said, who wins that trade? And everyone was in agreement, long-term the Panthers, short-term the Flames, and ended up, right? So, like, in the moment, it felt like, oh, wow, they actually did pretty well, considering. Uh, Turns out Kachuk uh, was not just a passenger on that one. Well, Uh, but in, yeah, anyone who thought that is a moron, but also, we, we can't also look at it in a vacuum and say, like, oh, Kachuk went there and all of a sudden was incredible. There was also the pivot of getting Maurice as your coach. That makes a mm-hmm. huge difference too with what happened for the Florida Panthers this year. And also, man, like I love Daryl Sutter. He's one of my favorite coaches of all time because I think he's so funny. There, If you just look up Daryl Sutter on YouTube, there's a 14-minute long video called like Best Sutterisms. I encourage everyone to go watch that video it is so fucking funny it's like dude, it's just, like a mashup from when he was in la dude either text or dm me the link and i'll just post it from the soda pot account for everybody dude it's the funny i literally i probably watched it 700 times it's so fucking funny just like it's him and his media availabilities and it's unbelievable the, the shit he used to say in la was just such good stuff um uh, oh i'm literally now they're all hitting me like all the quotes from it but anyways um even before the year even started, Kachuk did had interviews and he like was like subtly hit like chirping Daryl Sutter. And he was like, he was a stud there. He did great. And even he was like, well, he never fucking put me on the ice in overtime. I wasn't allowed to go play in overtime when I was in Calgary. I mean, in fairness, like he doesn't really do shit in overtime anyway. So yeah, yeah, no, he's never had any big overtime goals. Not, not recently anyway. Definitely not um, in the last month. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not a big game guy. 
Oh, can't trust them. Um, so I'll be, I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe though it is that he is still a passenger and he's just getting carried by Bennett and cousins. Yeah. I can't even like, I can't even make jokes about Nick cousins. I just hate him so much. (laughs) He's on the Petrangelo level. Um, okay. Hang on though. Who's who, who comes in first? Oh, the minivan man. Okay. Alexander Triplett Petrangelo. I hate that guy. Uh, He's he's probably going to be the second guy to get the cup, too. Mm -hmm. If they win it. And that's Mm -hmm. really sad. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. What a a goofy-looking set, though, that trio, when they went up there and got their picture with the trophy. Like, all of them just had the strangest, most uncomfortable smiles on their face. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to wrap that up, I actually think the tree living thing's going to be good. I think that's a good move, actually. Because, again, I think the majority of the moves that he made, because it's crazy. You look in uh, Calgary, like, he made it through the ups and downs of that team longer than a normal GM would. I feel like I kind of, like, with how long that he was there, like, there were years where they were amazing, and then they would like be bad in the first round of the playoffs, and then they were terrible the regular season, and then they he survived like the uh, the ups and downs, which is like you don't see that a lot. It kind of it's kind of like when Bruce Boudreaux is in Minnesota, he survived like four <laughs> fucking GMs. Uh, even though I love I, that's not even me chirping Boudreaux, I'm just saying like that's what immediately just came back to my head. I was like, how did they change GMs like three or four times? And he's just like, I'm still here, motherfuckers. The way you kept on saying the word survived. All I can go to is it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I believe it's the first season. No, it might be a little bit later. But (laughs) the episode where Charlie finds out that his mom tried to have him aborted. She's like, no, you survived. You survived the abortion. (laughs) One of the best. Sneaky, one of the best seasons of all time. This is this has been a show. This has been a podcast about movies and TV shows. Only one TV show, I guess, and Paul Rudd, I guess. Really, that's it. Um, <laughs> I'm, um, wow. Uh, natural pivot back to that. Andrew's with us. Yeah. Yeah. No, we. Like we like we said, we weren't going to go off the rails at all this episode. No, Jesus zero Christ. off the rails. We have stayed on the course. Um, but as yeah, as we kind of wrap up here, then with the the previews and predictions for the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, I solemnly support, and I'll actually one up this comment from Matthew. I think they should be able to not only wear it for every home game, I think they should wear it for every game of the series because that means that those monstrosities of Fucking mustard gold jerseys will not be on TV, and I will not have to look at them again. I I have nothing to add. I agree. Vegas jerseys. What? Ooh, here here's a fun debate though. Is the reverse retro for Florida better, or is the Vegas Golden Knights gold jerseys worse? Like, which one's heavier on the scale for you? Hmm. I think I actually just love Florida's. The I think I'm on that side more than the 
the Vegas thing. Because I think, I again, I, I, think the, I think that Panthers one's so fucking sick. Also, what did, like, do you remember when they first mentioned the fact that the year that they were all going to do reverse retros? And, like, everyone was like, what the fuck is Vegas going to do? <laughs> How do you do that? And they were like, we don't fucking know either. Let's just, uh, we'll go red. <laughs> that was so funny like the new teams it was just like dude what the fuck are they supposed to do i don't know these teams have so much time to come up with these concepts and the fact that some bomb so fucking bad like it makes the no De- sense to me detroit's detroit's reverse retros detroit, were literally no, just like the all-star the jerseys where, uh, didn't we it's say for- that was turning in your like you literally forgot about the homework assignment and finished it right before class and handed it in if i did homework in high school that's what it looked like <laughs> and I didn't do a lot of homework in high school. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. Oh man. And then you had like the the Dallas Star like monster can jerseys. The monster can? What? Yeah, it was crazy. It was like oh the, oh that the, the black, like monster black yeah, jersey yeah, with yeah. the highlighter. I think that's yeah. better than their fucking all white reverse retro that like literally mm-hmm. it was just a white jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again. Those are the teams that were like, we don't know what to do. Um, you, you think like they caught the marketing people on those teams like off guard and they're like, fuck. Well, what dude, do do? I mean, think about it though. It's it's like the Arizona Coyotes, how like the owner of the Coyotes basically handed off the, the Twitter login to like his son's friend. Dude, these teams for sure were like, yeah, we want to like get the young vibe. Like we want to know what's cool and hip. And they just give it to some like teenager, like one of the guy's kids or something. They're like, you design it. And- hey, do you have do you have that TikTok app? All right, you run our Twitter now. <laughs> you're, pretty- you're, you're, you're our person. You run here's the phone. Here's the team phone. That's actually how we do this. We don't even this is all we got. I don't know. Oh shit. All right. Well, we've got the storylines in place already, right? We've got Eichel against Reinhardt. We've got two teams that have both never won the Stanley Cup. We've got fucking <laughs> we got Marcia So and Smith against the incompetent organization that begged Vegas to take them. Uh, what are some of the other good ones there? No fake tough guys in Florida, right? Nick Cousins. Okay, Nick Cousins against oh yeah, there we go. The Z battle. Cousins versus Petrangelo. That's fun. Oh, I cannot. I cannot believe I have to watch oh, one of the lift Dude, we're gonna. I'm gonna have to repost the video. But last summer, Isha and I got bored and came up with stupid ideas. And my idea was the <laughs> the Florida Panthers trading Sergey Bobrovsky with some level of uh, retention to the Vegas Golden Knights for uh, the Panda. And there was Holy. Reason, there was logic there. Yeah, he still exists. Uh, this is what this has to be the last thing because we're at an hour and 21 minutes. <laughs> Dude, so this is the time of year where I, I just like have to find podcasts that are not about hockey because I'm like, I'm just so burnt out now. Like, <laughs> fuck. Uh, really funny rabbit hole I've just fallen into is the fucking. <laughs> Dateline NBC, like fucking podcast, where it's like the audio version of that show. And there was one about this dude that owns or like whatever, this like snake farm 
and it ends up being either his wife either killed over or conspired or had someone do it, whatever, whatever. And <clears throat> dude, they start mentioning they were like, at one point, she was just selling these snakes to pretty much anybody. There was a professional hockey goalie who had purchased about. They were like, so the the guy was like, was Robin Leonard ever a suspect in the murder case? And oh my he goes, god. The cop literally goes, we looked at him. I was like, holy shit. I and tried to find a podcast, about podcast. I'm done. <laughs> I was like, I can't fucking get away. I was like, no fucking way. This would be Robert. Tell me they're talking about Robin Leonard because they were talking about how he's a dick because all these fucking snakes. And they were like, NHL goaltender Robin Leonard purchased like $80,000 worth of exotic snakes. I was like, holy fucking shit. And for like 10 minutes, he was legitimately a murder suspect. <laughs> Like we didn't actually end up talking to him, but we did just take a quick look just to see. Dude, it's a tr- like, it's a trashier fuck? fucking Tiger King. <laughs> it could not believe. I was like, "How what do I end up here?" Fuck? Yeah, oh, it's I could not believe it. Matthew yeah, posted yeah. this before I said it, but I definitely didn't see it. So apologies. <laughs> exactly, like, it was crazy. What the fuck? Okay, well, you said we're wrapping it up here. Give me your prediction at least. What's what's happening here in the final series? Well, whatever I say is going to be wrong. So I'll just root for my boy, Bruce Cassidy. I'll just pick Vegas. This series, I need it to go seven games. I really just need it to not be a quick series. My instinct, though, does say Florida just rides this fucking wave. Yeah. Um but well, what would you say though, for my if, boy Bruce? What if it went four games but wasn't a sweep? Would that be okay with you? <laughs> well, I, I was I was there. I was watching. <laughs> we didn't get swept. <laughs> oh, we, we got lost. we got pre, uh, predictions coming in. We got Florida in five from Matthew. And Andrew says Panthers, Panthers in, six. in six. So there you go. And somehow Isha says Panthers in four or Vegas in seven. That's quite the. Okay. All right. I'll take Vegas and uh, Panthers will win. And somehow the first person to get the cup after Barkov is going to be Phil Kessel, who just puts on a reverse retro for Florida. And he comes out, ah, I'm on this team now, boys. That would be pretty incredible. It's right up his alley, dude. I would support that. I'd I'd buy that bobblehead. I'd buy that jersey. Oh fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're saying sorry, what'd you say? You said Vegas I'm going I'm seven? gonna go Vegas in seven, but that's just because I want Bruce Cassidy to win a cup. Sure. I guess here's my real question for you. Rest versus rust debate. Is the rest going to be super helpful for Florida to like rejuvenate or are they losing all their mojo? Is Bob not going to be in the same groove? Like, what's the outcome of that going to be? Because they've got more than a week off. I mean, how much time does Vegas have off? They ended up having four days off. At that point, I don't know how much that even really does. They both have more than, like, the normal amount of days between series. So, like, yeah, I don't really for, know. Florida was riding that wave, man. Like, it's not like Vegas caught fire and ran with it. Like, Florida truly has an unbelievably hot goaltender that wasn't expected. You've got certain players that are buzzing. 
Like, do you lose that having more than a week off? I don't know. Okay, if you say, all right, then I'm saying Florida wins in six. All right, there you go. There's the pick. Florida in six. I'll tell and you. We all I'm lose not right. because we don't get the great Florida jersey, and we do get the monstrosity that is the fucking Vegas Golden Knights jersey. Why would they change it? Why would they choose to go with that instead of their black one? I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. Side note on the rest thing with like Bobrovsky, dude, he had like six months off and then he decided to play in the playoffs and he kicked and he was unbelievable. So he's been fine. Yeah, he figured it. Yeah, he figured out. He got there. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anything else? This is a long one. I mean, it's pretty much the same as last week. <laughs> I don't even remember how long it last week. So, whatever. Uh, in fairness, if we take out the the movie, TV show, Dateline NBC podcast references were probably under an hour. So I had to mention, I, literally, I was like, I, I know that there's been something I wanted to mention. I was like, holy fuck, it was that Robin Leonard somehow came up with the podcast. I was listening to not about hockey, about it's murder. really interesting too, because <laughs> the way you reacted, I thought you were going to be like, holy fuck, that's a human. Like, just like astounded to learn that he's like, yes, he does exist. Yeah, I know that's, I know, because you were like, yeah, no, he exists. I'm like, no, 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 I know he exists. <laughs> She avoided prison time. He was for about 10 minutes of murder. Dude, he's not injured. The reason that he's been away from it's all this jail. shit is because he went to prison. He's in jail. <laughs> he's been he's been he's been interrogated for about a year and a half, actually. That's why. God damn it. But, yeah. All right. So I think that'll do it, yeah. That will do it, yeah. All right. Well, I think we got more people to join live this time i don't remember how many you go out last week but uh around. maybe it's the same but thank you to everybody who tuned in live who uh contributed to our movie podcast here uh i think we'll i think i'm guessing we're gonna be live here next week, week if we'll not, I have no idea. the entire the entire we will not talk about world. hockey we will not talk we will actually just do a full uh, reading of the script, full movie script read of. Uh, no, we're just going to go through the first round uh, of the NHL draft, but we're going to compare every player to a notable figure in a TV show or a movie. That'll be fun. Yeah, that's creative. That's the stuff people really are tuning in for. That's why everyone <laughs> wants to be here. Shout out to people who actually do just like tune in because I think there have been a couple of people in here who have been here the whole time, which like, God bless you fucking poor souls. <laughs> we have just, we have really just taken so many IQ points away from so many people who listen to this nonsense. I mean, good news is you don't need to have an IQ to be on Twitter as we've learned. So yeah, that's true. That's true. It's all right. All right. I appreciate gun well, and Granny. Well, good call. Jesus, what a name. Uh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Every time it comes up, I'm like, Jesus Christ. Uh, All right. I think we'll be live again next week. I believe that's the plan. I think we're, we're planning on doing this until we have like literally a total of zero people or I forget. Um, so until then, we'll see what what crazy shit happens how many uh cool movie quotes we can write down beforehand and we will uh, recite every single one of them and not talk about hockey <laughs> we will see you then he holds up the plate that he decorated marvin is game for robots <laughs> <laughs> fucking end it <laughs> <laughs>